we're excited. It's a new year. It's 2023. We're going to talk about all the things in 2023, some things in 2022, um, and then see what we get out of it. So today on our panel, um, I'm going to start with Audrey Edwards. Um, so she's the health fitness and wellness director at the Boston JCC. And then we have Santiago Prada. He's the senior executive of membership and wellness at the YMCA of the Virginia Peninsulas. And then we have Efren Gonzalez, the executive director at the YMCA of Piers and Kitsap counties. Hope I said that right, Kitsap. <laughs> yeah, so thank each of you for being here today. Um, I know we're going to get into some really exciting topics, and I know you guys have some really great takeaways. Um, so for anybody tuning in, if you have any questions during the conversation, um, please feel free to send those over in the Q&A feature at the bottom. Um, you can also just pop in the chat and say hello or tell us where you're from or anything like that. Um, any questions, we'll circle back to those at the end and make sure we get those answered for you. So uh, before we pop into all the big serious questions, I wanted to do a fun little icebreaker for everyone. Um, so I was just thinking it's it's like the new year. It's kind of like movie, television, awards times, right? So I like did anybody else watch the Golden Globes? I watched the Golden Globes. So it was on my mind. So I wanted to see um, if each of you had a movie you watched recently that you would recommend and why. Audrey, do you want to go first? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say I haven't watched seen a movie in some time, but I just binged um, a Netflix series called The Recruit. Okay. And loved it. Absolutely loved it. So I would Strongly recommend that. Very suspenseful, was good. It was really good. Okay, perfect. Yeah, television series work too if you're not a big movie person. Okay, um, Santiago? <laughs> I have to add the recruit to my list, Audrey, because I love, I love so those. So good. Um, you know, so I went to go see Avatar, the new Avatar movie, and uh, it's, it's been a while since I had seen the first one, so I had to watch that one, and then, you know, I've already seen the second one twice, because I had to see it in 3D, and then I have, you know, my wife who doesn't appreciate the 3D, it makes her dizzy, so uh, it's just, it's always really cool to see how, how, you know, much farther they push, like, graphics and animation, uh, and, and it was just, it was a really cool, really cool experience, so I recommend it. I have heard great things about that. Yeah. Okay. Efren. Yeah, Santi, um, Avatar, that's that's an investment, man. Two times. <laughs> it's like a whole day of your life, but it was a good movie. Um, I was say with the shows as well. I've been um just reveal a little bit uh, of uh of a side of me. I love K dramas and I've been watching Attorney Wu on uh, Netflix. Highly recommend it if you're uh if you're into any kind of like dramas or novellas and stuff, that's my vice. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Everyone heard it here first. You got some new shows and or movies <laughs> to watch. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you all for answering those. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. I think um, at the beginning of this conversation, we wanted to just talk about some of the things from 2022 um, before we go on to this year. So I want to see if each of you could share some of your biggest challenges that your team faced last year. Um, and then maybe on top of that, like how you overcame them, or even if you're still working on them to just share that too. Um, so actually I'm going to go back to you, Efren, see if you want to start first. Yeah, I think our main challenges for 2022 and, you know, I had the opportunity to actually work with two different associations. So in a Houston YMCA association, and then I, I came here to Pearson Kitsap County in Washington uh, area in June of last year. But I think, Predominantly uh, staffing was our, was our greatest challenge. And I think that's with everywhere. Um, sure, I'm preaching to the choir with everybody that's, that's on this. Um, I think our program offerings as well and uh, our membership base kind of understanding as we're scaling back, we're not gonna be the same community center that we were before. And we weren't, aren't able to really have the, the same offerings quite yet. You know, our, um, our childcare um, or daycare within the center, Child Watch was open a little bit later, sports was running at lower capacities, our programs were running at lower capacities, things like homeschool PE, you know, those things, um, we just weren't able to offer that um, as quickly as we could. And then I would say another challenge was just adaptability, you know, having that traditional model of what the YMCA was and how can we continue to adapt and change, you know, pivot was a big word for the past three years or so. Um, so those three things, um, I think for staffing, 
um, and program variety. We, we did come up with some solutions to solve those. We, you know, just really got back to kind of guerrilla marketing within local businesses and connecting, posting flyers, trying to recruit um, through our staff teams was a big deal and, and through our membership within our centers. So going out and, you know, meeting our members and, and trying to connect them to our programs and get them more involved, uh, tapping into our volunteers, whether that be our, you know, advisory boards and councils within the Y or our, our greater association board. So just making sure to try to utilize all the facets and the access that we had to our members and get them more involved with our programming and with our Y. Hmm. Yeah, um, I'll go on over Santiago. Yeah, I mean, you know, Afrin took my two things that I had that I had thought about um, because it sounds like it's, it was a challenge across the country, right, of uh, staffing and programming. So for us specifically uh, in Virginia, the minimum wage went up uh, and it had continued to go up uh, the year prior. And so we not only faced a challenge with trying to recruit staff, but also being able to afford staff and, and continue to pay um, and, and increase the pay for, for all of our staff. And so those were, those were limitations, but things that we were able to learn from and, and do some really cool stuff, which I think we'll get to share in a little bit. And programming, you know, so much change because of COVID. And we really had to identify what was still relevant, what, what were the needs of the community now versus what it was prior to the pandemic, right? Uh, so just trying to trying to balance both of those staffing and programming were certainly challenging. Mm. Yeah, and Audrey, what do you think? Yeah, I would echo what the guys said about staffing for sure and the cost of it and just finding the bodies. I think for um, Greater Boston and for JCCs across North America, the ch we call it the churn, the membership churn. So we were selling a lot of memberships. We were getting a lot of interest in our facility. I think I'll speak to Boston. We've always done a really thoughtful, great job at engaging and retaining. And suddenly post COVID, we were losing members. We couldn't stop the bleed. So we really had to figure out and identify ways to be better, to engage more, to create deeper relationships. So our retention stayed where it was and grew. And um, it's still a work in progress. Um, we're now back to having open houses for membership drives, which has proved really successful for us. And our retention rate has gone up a lot. Um, so the people, I, I feel like we had a year of flux. People's exercise and interest in being a member, staying a member, were also much easier to cancel than we were three, four years ago. So 30 days notice that we don't do a year contract and you're committed for 12 months anymore. We became, we had to adapt to what the community was telling us they wanted. So for us, I think one of the biggest, I mean, pivot was one of the words that Efron mentioned, churn is the other one. And like in my sleep, I think about churn and how are we gonna retain and how are, so that for us was, I would think one of our biggest obstacles and something that we're still working on. Hmm. Yeah, and so, you know, kind of shifting to more of the positive, so I want to talk about like maybe some of the victories. I know, like you mentioned, 2022 was like very, it's like flexible. Um, so I want to see if you guys could share maybe any victories that your team had, um, you know, in all the different realms and then like how how it was beneficial. Um, so we'll start. Um, Santi, I see that your name tag says Santi. Can I call you Santi? Yes, you may. <laughs> okay. So, we'll start with you. <laughs> uh, thank you. Well, so, you know, I think um, for us, right, what we ended up doing is um, we, knowing that what we knew of the minimum wage going up, knowing that, you know, after COVID, you know, the labor uh, shortage was, was a real thing, we, we needed to identify how to continue to provide excellent service. And what we ended up doing was we created uh, full-time positions for our, our frontline staff, where before, you know, most of our uh, full-time positions were at the coordinator or director level. Well, now we have full-time full -time wellness coaches and full-time membership staff, right? And, uh, and I give uh, our CEO, Adam Kletz, a lot of credit for, for, you know, having the vision to implement that within our association, because that has really helped us tremendously in uh, ensuring that we have 
committed individuals, we can provide them uh, healthcare benefits. And it's really helped us uh, provide consistency with amongst all the chains. So that was, a, that was a big victory, something we were able to get from that. We also, uh, by December of 22, so the year ended, and we were actually able to recover 96% of our membership units from, uh, from March of 2020. And so our recovery rates, you know, we, we were very fortunate here in Virginia uh, that we were able to, to really recover at, at the pace that we did. Uh, we were able also to exceed our membership revenue. So we brought in an additional 600,000 from membership because the demand was there. We had a lot of people that were just eager to either come back to the Y or come try us for the first time. Uh, and, and we had also created some new categories membership categories, so easier entry points from um, like for seniors and for couples, categories that we just didn't have before. So um, I think those those were the biggest the biggest uh, successes that we had last year. Yeah, no, those are awesome. I like those. Um, I'm gonna bounce back to Audrey. Um, I think when I look back and think of the successes that we had programmatically, our children's programming was off the charts, whether it was camp, whether it was after school, whether it was sports and rec during the day. Um, parents wanted their kids out and moving and social and engaging. And our camp program, our children's programs were off the charts. The biggest issue was of course staffing. So the other program that we've done extremely well in is our preschools. We have four, JCC Greater Boston has four, one in our building and three satellite preschools that are all at capacity. Um, of course, they operated throughout COVID. I mean, they, they never really shut down. But I think programmatically, if I were to look at all of our businesses, health and wellness, I'll back up a minute. The majority of our memberships and the people who walk through our front doors come for health and wellness. And that has been the slowest ancillary growth for the agency. So children's programming, camping, preschool, everything around children has grown enormously and health and wellness ancillary revenue has been a little slower to get back to where we were pre-COVID. I will also tell you that little catalyst to this is January of 2020, we completed about a $17 million renovation on the health and wellness wing. So we closed two months later with the highest membership unit we have ever seen. And I've been at the JCC almost three decades. We've never had membership units like we had when we closed for COVID. So our ancillary was through the roof. Everything was so not artificially high because I believe had we not shut down, we would have maintained those numbers. But getting back to that level has been our goal and a little bit of a challenge. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for sharing. Um, Efren, what about you? I think um, some victories for, for our team um, in the YMCA Pearson Kitsap counties, we run majority in an inclusive membership model. So most of the things are included in the membership. So, you know, swim lessons for adults and children are included, um, arts programs, gymnastics, dance, ballet, um, you know, all those, all those things are just included in the, in the membership model. So I think that, that having that and, um, you know, really just echoing off of what, you know, Audrey said about the youth just pouring back in and parents being ready for the youth to get reengaged. Um, it certainly helped us as um, we were able to bring high impact um, at a really big value. And I think that families have been searching for that over these past few years, um, specifically with how the economy has been, is where is, where is my dollar going to go the furthest? And um, really, you know, how, how can we make sure that we're continuing to impact families with, um, with the dollar that they're able to give us. Um, I think we also found a lot of success in our promotion this year. Um, all of our projections, most of our centers uh, doubled and some of, of our acquisitions that we projected. So again, I just think that uh, families are ready to come back and, and they're interested in, in high quality experience uh, to what Santi was saying in high quality programs. And now it's just us having to make sure that we continue to have the great staff to deliver those programs. And I will say a last victory would be community partnerships. Um, I'm, I'm really a big fan of not operating from the position of scarcity and making sure that, you know, we're lifting each other up in the community. Um, I've had some history working with other nonprofit organizations or businesses in the past that were trying to compete over resources. 
And I think that COVID has showed us a lot um, that we need to work collaboratively and we need to have generative conversation and making sure that we're uh, connecting with, with other entities and trying to lift each other up because collaboratively is really the only way that we can make a true impact in the community nowadays, um, specifically because we've had major reductions in our staff teams, our membership bases is so much smaller and we're operating with quite fewer resources than we used to. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, no, I love all the positive takeaways. Those are great. And, um, and you know, not to keep dwelling too much on 2022 so we can get into 2023, but I wanna see if each of you could share a big lesson learned maybe from 2022 or just like your biggest takeaway from the year. Um, Audrey, I'm going to start with you. Um, I think I would, I would have to say to really know your audience, um, have your finger on the pulse of your community and do a lot of research to try to understand what, what they're looking for and what we should be delivering on. I think the example when I think about health and wellness, you'll notice I don't say I don't use the word fitness often. For me, everything lives under a wellness umbrella. The YMCA has a very similar model, probably before we did. I'm, we might have I might have copied it from you, um, but everything for me lives under a wellness umbrella. And given the demographic and the cohorts that were the first to come back post COVID to the JCCs, um, we identified active aging or the older. I don't tend to call them seniors, but let's say 55 plus, and we recognized that they were coming in our building and we really programmed and targeted that cohort because they were the first to return. They had plenty of ancillary revenue to spend with us. So I, I think we have been successful and continue to be successful because we know who we're serving. So I think as a community center, we decades ago, we would say we serve zero to death, like birth to death. And you can't program birth to death well. So really identifying who you want to go after um, and focusing, you know, we're the JCCs, YMCA doesn't have the C, but I always say that middle C, that community is the most important letter in our name, because when people started coming back post-COVID, if there is a post-COVID, people felt safe, people felt comfortable in, my, in our facilities. We were clean, we were respectful, we followed the guidelines that were set by our, our communities and our towns. And especially the active older adult, they were coming back, they were bringing their friends. So I think really just identifying who you wanna go after and honing in on what they want would be my advice. Hmm. Yeah, um, what about you, Efren? I think um, some valuable lessons, uh, one kind of just easy, big one that I think I saw when working with Houston and, and working here is, you know, you can only move as fast as you can make your team move. And um, I think that was just a huge lesson uh, with Houston's a larger YMCA, and we're, we're trying to move at this quick pace as leaders. But, you know, how are we continuing to make sure our part-time staff are brought along with that? And, um, you know, working here, you know, I work at a, at a large center and, you know, we just have tons of, um, tons of staff here, but, you know, when we're making a strategic move or we're saying this is an initiative or this is a goal, making sure that your leaders are positioned in a place and, and trained and educated on what that goal is and really motivated to be behind it. Um, because when departments start falling behind, it can really, it can really start uh, causing a lot of chaos and, with the growth that we're seeing in January, just making sure that we're encouraging our leaders to push, but also slow down to make sure their teams are keeping pace with them. Um, and then I think the the other lesson was just collaboration within within our own YMCA. No longer, I, I think we can't have aquatics programming operating in the silo where they're doing their own thing and little communication and youth is doing their own thing and health and wellness is doing their own thing. Um, we need to work collaboratively. We need to talk about how we can um, cross promote and um, get into our members, um, into our members' heads and, and promoting the group exercise classes about programming and talk swim lessons about sports. And um, we're just really encouraging our teams to get a little bit more informed about what we are holistically as a brand and making sure that we always have that holistic approach with our members and encouraging them to, to come back and, and increase our um, you know, average visits per member has a big metric that we've been tracking on. 
Mm. Yeah. And lastly, Santi, you want to tear, share some big takeaways from 2022? Yeah, I think, I think, you know, I echo a lot of what Audrey and Efren have said, you know, for, for me, I think what I've been able to take away is that uh, members are really craving connection. And, and we started seeing that as the, um, as the requirements, the COVID restrictions started to, you know, uh, withdraw, come down one by one, we started seeing more people who truly wanted, still concerned about their, you know, their, their health and safety, but they, they really wanted and missed sitting down and drinking a cup of coffee with, you know, with their friends and, and getting together in classes. And so I think we're seeing that people more than ever are really craving to, to be with each other. And so for us to, you know, have the opportunities to do that in different settings, whether it's classes or, or again, providing that lounge area, um, just being really intentional with, with the connection piece. And, and really rethinking our positions, rethinking the needs of, of each role. Um, you know, early on during the, during the height of the pandemic, a lot of YMCAs realized that, you know, within membership, there's so much things that can be done, you know, offsite in the back office that your, you know, your staff at the desk doesn't necessarily have to have to do if their job is truly to engage or to sell. And so we've been able to outsource uh, with still within our why, but we distribute the load of who processes changes in membership, who does, you know, some of the back end things who answers the phones, all those things we have built departments from. Uh, we've implemented um, uh, kiosks at our, at our YMCA to facilitate some transactions. So really just reimagining what it is, the experience that we want our members to have and, and ensuring that we can evolve with it. Nice. Okay, yeah, thank you guys for sharing. Um, 2022, big year. Um, so I want to talk about like, what's going to happen in 2023. Um, so even just starting with membership, very big topic, um, but we're going to, we're going to jump in. So I know that there's like a typical, you know, new year's rush. Maybe that's like a thing you always hear, whether it's like the for-profit gyms, non-profit gyms, wherever. Um, so one of my first questions is just, it's, you know, 19 days into January. Have you all seen a new year's rush? Um, were you running promotions like a new year, like a joint promotion and how are they going? If you can, you know, kind of share on your new year's membership. Um, I'm going to start with Efren. Uh, this New Year's has been incredible for uh, Pearson Kitsap County. We ran a promo with a no join fee. So last year we, we actually reinstated our initiation fee or join fee and brought that back um, and brought back our hold fees last year. And then January it was a no join fee and they also got their sixth month for free, not to be confused with six months for free. <laughs> Cause I was every time, I remember every time I was on a tour, I did so many of them. I'm like, yeah, and you know, your six months is free. And they're like, what? Six months for free. So yeah, your sixth month free. Um, but we saw great success. Uh, all of our nine centers within our association achieved goal uh, before promo ended. Um, our center achieved goal in five days. So, um, and a lot of our centers were at uh, two times or a little over two times their goal. So just just a flood of people coming in to come back and get re-engaged with our programs. And um, I think that that having a strategic promotion, like a sixth month for free, knowing that the longevity of that new health seeker member that's coming in and, and trying to make some changes, um, that might be an incentive for them to keep longer with their commitments. Um, we've also, you know, have some programs that are just beginning of the year programs. We have a program called Kickstart, which is just them getting connected with our wellness coach and helping them on a 12 week journey with four check-ins and, you know, what, what's your goals? What do you want to do? And having that person and, and that personal touch. And then um, I would say lastly, with our new members, we're really big on making sure that our leadership, our director team is out on the floor. We have engagement hours, we call them, walking the YMCA, making sure that you know, they're checking in with, with uh, the members, meeting the members, and then also connecting members with other members. You know, Jan's doing um, this workout class. Hey, great. Let me, let me, let me get you connected to Ruth. She's always in that class every morning. You know, you both, I think you both will make a great connection and, and having people um, make those connections. We know that um, helps increase retention. It helps increase those visits. So those are some things that um, I think that the new year has ushered in for membership for us. 
Mm. And I wanted to add a follow-up question on that too, that I'm going to go ahead and add. Um, so, you know, is your organization making any significant changes to your membership models this year, like maybe outside of this new year, the new year join? Yeah, last year is when we finally started to move forward with a, a price increase. So we held off for a long time in Pearson Kitsap County. Um, our, our leadership was just big believers in trying to make sure that people had that access. Um, but as we saw that the industry continued to increase prices with the economy increasing the way it was, we did um, make a small increase, a, a $4 flat increase to most of our unit types. We didn't make too many changes to our entire membership model, though it's sticking with the inclusive model. And, and I think that really we're just trying to keep strong with the fundamentals and the basics and try to be excellent at that and not make too many changes going into 2023. Okay. Yeah. Um, Audrey, I'm going to move on to you. Um, tell us about your New Year's. Well, I wish it was as good as Efron's. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, we're doing well. We similar, a lot of very similar strategies that Efron is implementing at his why. Um, we're selling a lot of memberships. People are ready to come back. We have a very thoughtful, organized onboarding program, similar to Jumpstart that the Ys do. We call them fit plans. And we have a document that we call a year in the life. So we have a very thoughtful that on day two, every new member gets a handwritten thank you note. On day five, they're contacted by a member manager the first 12 months of their life at the J. Um, another thing we're offering is, we did this last year for the first year, we're offering a, a fitness reboot where it's free for members. We sold, we offered it at the, at the open house that we had a couple of weeks ago for all new members. And we have a couple of hundred people taking advantage of a six week reboot, just shaking it up, meeting with the trainer. We're giving everyone two free personal training sessions. Um, we just decided to invest, again, trying to be a different, to differentiate ourselves from our competitors. We bought the in-body body composition machine and are including body comp analysis in the reboot. Um, and members are, the trainers, our trainers are really excited by it. Members are really exciting, excited about it. And the in-body we're planning, I was going to speak about this later, but we're using it both for ancillary and as a value added. So anyone who's using personal training services, Pilates services, master swim, certain premium products will get their body comp for free. And it's an incredible tool if you are familiar with it. Um, so membership is, is good. And we're really thoughtful about, again, similar to what Efron said, the touches. You know, we're very aware that the more relationships every new member has in our building, the more staff they meet, the more members we can connect them to the better the chance of retaining them. So a lot of intent around that as well. Mm. Yeah, and same follow-up question for the membership model, if you had anything to add on that as well. We've been increasing every year since we reopened after COVID. So we, we had to, I mean, to just hit our goals, we've had to. Um, we The only category we've dropped our rates on is our team membership went down this year everything else has gone up and we added a young adult membership. So all of our memberships are inclusive of everything we offer. Um, there are some services that are additional dollars. We have two pools, one in the building, one outside the building. Our outdoor pool is not included in anyone's membership. It's a separate membership for the summer. But again, similar to the Y, when you're a member of the J, everything is available to you. Okay, yeah, thanks for sharing. and. Uh... Santi, you want to tell us about New Year? Yeah, so I, I want to be careful and not, you know, not hype it too much because, you know, that's that, that we don't need that juju. But so far, uh, we've had we've had a good we've had a good turnout. Um, we run our promotion from the first to the thirty first. Uh, right now, we're like sixty six percent to our goal. Uh, so so we're on, on target to not just you know get it but also hopefully exceed it a little bit so we're we're excited we've had it we had a good early turnout um for us we have actually uh been able to do a lot of um uh, we've been intentional about tracking scans and visits and what we're seeing is that we're we're on track you know this january to do about ninety six thousand scans and just to give more context, we we have we're an association of 13 YMCA. So this is for 13 YMCAs. 
in the previous year, we had about 70, 74, 73 uh, scans in January. So for us to be on track to do 96 uh, is, you know, we're really excited about that just in terms of the people that are utilizing your why and also those who are coming in for their first time. So um, we're, we're excited. It's been, it's been, it's been a great, it's been a great month so far. Great. Yeah. That's all exciting to hear. Um, and what about your membership model this year? Is anything changing or anything you're looking at? Yeah. So we, we actually implemented uh, some uh, rate increases between two to $3, depending on the category type. We had done a lot of revisions to our offerings in prior years. So Last year, we added a senior category. We hadn't had that in the past. The year prior, we added a couple um, uh, couples uh, memberships. And so we, we didn't do too much uh, tweaking for 23 other than just a few, a few um, price adjustments because of the minimum wage. Uh, but other than that, we're, we're holding steady. Nice. All right. And I'm going to move along to the next question. And we've already talked about this just a little bit, but staffing, which I know it's a big topic. So <laughs> I know you probably all are, are focused on hiring, I would assume. I mean, and, and, uh, I don't know who's not hiring, I guess, but I wanted to see if you could share maybe what positions you're looking to hire in most, maybe those areas that you're needing to fill. Um, and then if you're maybe having success, or even if you have advice to share as far as like marketing your open positions or getting those positions filled. If you can just kind of share your insights on staffing. Um, Efren, I'm going to start with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited to hear from Audrey and Santi because um, <laughs> I need some of that, you know, what's the golden magic to get a uh, full staff. Um, so I think the trend has changed from the beginning of last year. We were really struggling to find full-time positions. And um, that, was our, that was our biggest challenge um, through Houston Y and I think through uh, Pearson Kitsap County. I think things are changing a little bit now, just from my perspective, full-time positions are filling relatively quickly now, um, and, but part-time positions continue to struggle, specifically aquatics. Um, and I, I, have a, I have a lot of experience in working with aquatics and you know, I think aquatics is just that kind of strange niche thing where it's, um, you hire in cycles, right? It's like the, the summer students, the college students coming in, um, people tell their friends and it's kind of this cycle. And once COVID happened, especially since a lot of those people came from things like swim team um, and swim team didn't exist for COVID timeframe, a lot of those hiring cycles were broken. And, um, you know, people, the barrier for entry for things like aquatics or, you know, things like personal training is, is a little bit higher because you need certifications for that. So, um, we're, we're just continuing to try to recruit through our teams, build, uh, build great staff culture, um, trying to market through uh, other community organizations, connecting, being with school districts and working with other uh, businesses and programs, trying to seek hiring through grant funding, but really just having to search through all facets in order to, to get our staff in. And then we really put a big emphasis on uh, staff appreciation. Um, both at the center and, and uh, with our association, we have a really great call called a staying connected call every Friday, all the part-time mm -hmm. staff have access to that. And they get to kind of see an insight into what's going on within our why. And I think leadership has brought in a lot of transparency to what's going on with our financial situation and how we're moving through, through um, this environment now. And I think with that transparency, our teams have been a lot more understanding and willing to stick with us for a little bit longer. Um, so I think that has helped um, our retention piece as well. Okay, yeah, Santi, what about you? I think for us, you know, we, we it depends on, like everyone said, the season, right? Some, sometimes we struggle to find certain positions or certain times. I think overall, you know, personal trainers, um, that's been a challenging uh, position to hire for as, you know, as, as nonprofit, you know, be nonprofit competing with some of the other, you know, uh, big box gyms and boutiques that can pay a little, little bit more. And so we just, we've been trying to focus on how we can do a better job at uh, creating other, other ways to um, in, uh, entice potential candidates uh, when we know that we can only do so much when it comes to pay. So for us, personal trainers, membership, staff, uh, full-time, like Efren said, we, we had a shift where that was a challenge. 
And now it seems like part-time, you know, we, we've, we've struggled, we struggle to find this part-time staff that we need to support all of our other departments. So that's, that's been a challenging, challenging thing. And for us, really, we focus on trying to promote from within as much as possible. And we, we really focus on the training aspects and components because it's much easier for us to have these opportunities come from internal candidates uh, it's when we struggle is when we can't fill them with people that you know are in other positions. So it's it's hit or miss depending on the time of the month, but um, it's definitely still a struggle in Israel. Okay, yeah. And Audrey, what are your thoughts on staffing? Um, ouch! I think our <laughs> biggest our biggest need is aquatics and camp camping. Um, I will tell you, we are paying a lot of money hourly. We are competing with the big box gyms in our community because if we didn't, we wouldn't be staffed, whether that's a lifeguard or a personal trainer or a group fitness uh, instructor. Um, so we pay really, really, really well. Um, and we work really hard at creating, similar to what both guys said, our part-time staff are the front line. They're the ones talking to our members. They're the ones training, teaching, working with them. They're the most important face a lot of times that the member sees every single day. So we value them a lot. We do a lot of appreciation events for our part-time staff. Um, and I also, this is my, Efron, this is my secret. I don't I hope it works. Um, I offer referral fees, write it down. It's Money, money, money. So if somebody, I'm always asking all of our staff to send us staff because colleague to colleague, instructor to instructor, trainer to trainer is a lot more, has been much more efficient and much more successful for me than throwing an ad up on LinkedIn or Indeed. And I'll, if somebody wants that new employee stays 90 days, even if it's just teaching one class or taking two shifts in the fitness center, I'm happy to pay someone for that because the the real expense of the time of interviewing people and putting an ad out and going through all the resumes, this is a much more, I've had much more success with that than I have looking for people. Um, haven't had any trouble with full-time staff. I think the culture in Boston is tremendous. I haven't lost anyone on our team since COVID. So our FTEs have remained solid. And again, just really taking care of people, valuing them, yeah, and paying them well. We've really, we've had to adjust our uh, budget numbers of, a number of times to account for that, but. Yeah, well, thanks for sharing. Yeah, that's just some, some great advice. Um, so moving on from staffing a little bit, I wanna talk about some programming, some programming trends. So um, I know something I feel like we've talked about a lot over the last couple of years was like trends that happened like during the pandemic, everybody was outdoors or esports or um, not that I think it's like a trend, but like the idea of holistic programming was more prominent, you know, how you talked about under the wellness umbrella. And so I think we, we saw a lot of things change. So I want to get your thoughts on that. And so things that came up recently over the last year or two, um, you know, what do you think is going to stick? Like, what do you think is now a mainstay? Um, maybe something you think that if you want to add that you don't think is going to stick around. And then, um, you know, maybe if you're doing any new or trendy programs that you want to share about, maybe something you're just trying new this year. Um, let's see. Sante, let's start with you. Tell us about programming. Yeah, so, you know, I'll speak relative to wellness. Um, you know, Audrey mentioned Embody. That's that's something that over the past couple of years we've, we've really focused on. And uh, this past year we purchased three more. So we have a, a total of four Embodies within our association. And um, I think, you know, metrics, data, that's that's here to stay. You know, people more than ever want to know, you know, they, they need to know like where they are how far they are from, from reaching their goals where before they may have been more content with just a general overview of like, you know, the, the number of the scale is the deciding factor where we, I think most people now understand that that's not everything. There's more to that, you know, there's more to your mass. Uh, so things like embodies, one of our centers has my, my zone belts that we, we sell 
within our um, center and, and we have the monitors and we utilize them through small group training. And so I think we're seeing metrics that uh, any, anything that provides metrics as wearables embodies, we've, we've been focusing on that and adding that to our programming as well. So that's it's part of our small group training and they can redeem you know, sessions like they do for personal training as well. So that's been kind of the, the focuses that we've, that we've done over the past year. Nice. Um, Audrey, would you like to share? Sure. Um, I think all the trends that, that you mentioned are here to stay. I think um, everything that lives under the wellness umbrella is, is whether it's metrics, whether it's the in-body, isn't going anywhere. Um, we're, I, I'm always looking, I think from a programming standpoint, always trying to find a niche or again, find something to differentiate ourselves from our competitors. So I know we're gonna talk about pickleball, I'm sure at some point, so I won't dive in too deep, but wow, pickleball here to stay. <laughs> um, we had the opportunity recently, somebody, we have a table tennis, a ping pong pro, who approached us and was interested in giving lessons and donating tables. So I now have a ping pong table tennis pro, um, not, I would say on staff part-time, but offering lessons and using space that was underutilized prior to putting the tables in there. Um, I think Efron alluded to this earlier in the call. We have a lot of partnerships, a lot of community partnerships in our community. Um, medical wellness, partner, just any type of partnership. And that's continuing to grow. The demand for that, the requests from that, from partners in our community is really high. Another example of where we're gonna jump off with programming, JCC Greater Boston offers a very large Parkinson's program. We have support groups, we have a lot of wellness offerings, classes. And one of the programs we offer is Rocksteady Boxing, which we're licensed to do. And we have this amazing, phenomenal, wonderful boxing coach who's on our team. And we had a call last week about how to expand it both for people living with Parkinson's, but also for the general community. So he will now step up his role with our organization and start offering kids boxing classes, other boxing classes, small group training classes. So, you know, we're trying to just kind of broaden the debt, broaden what we're doing and go a little bit deeper in the programs that we're seeing success with. Yeah, and last but not least, Efren, you wanna share some programming? Yeah, we've, um, we've made significant investments um, with uh, a company called Track My Gym. And um, uh, just for some context, Track My Gym, they put sensors on all of the pieces of floor equipment that you have and analyze data over a seven day period, you know, what's being used, what's not being used. We had some really um, great findings that we had some, some hunches about. Um, and, and we're just probably looking to make a rework of a, a lot of our floor, our floor space and making sure that, you know, um, whatever machines on the floor, that's real estate. And we need to make sure that that real estate is being used by, by our customers and, and what real estate is in the correct places. So I think just trying to make sure to reimagine what's what's going on with the trends. Um, some big trends is right. We've seen a huge increase in weightlifting and a big decrease in cardio usage. Some of the findings from our studies were um, very incredible to see how little a lot of our cardio machines have actually been utilized. Um, and just making sure that we're, we're, again, using that real estate effectively. Another uh, space that we really dived into is virtual. Um, YMCA has a, a brand called YMCA 360. It's kind of a, our virtual platform and, and where we have uh, people have access. We've made some strides adding on a, you know, a virtual membership type. And, and that's now a, a benefit of all of our members being able to access that from their homes. And I think that um, as the usage hasn't been um, incredible, right? People aren't flocking to the Y to, to come to virtual. It is a great benefit to have and a great sell selling point for a membership um, as far as, uh, as, far as um, just the value add. Um, and then I, I think other trends um, besides pickleball, I know we're gonna get into that. It's, that's been a huge topic for, for Washington. It's the state, state, uh, state sport for Washington now. Um, but I, I think the, the, the other trends 
just people coming back and getting in, engaged with uh, the normal programs that we had to offer. But again, just having great staff and making sure that people feel connected when they come to our programs and just sticking with those foundations that uh, we were previously. Yeah, and I'm going to keep us on time here. So we're already talking about pickleball. So I'm going to give us a chance to talk about pickleball. <laughs> um, so we know that it's like kind of it's like it, it just like appeared out of nowhere. It seems um, I don't know. You talk to some people and they're like, oh, it's been around for a long time. And then other people are like, it came out of nowhere. Um, it does seem like it's clear that it's going to stick around. Um, it's almost like more you start seeing like, OK, people are now programming for pickleball, like recovery and like, you know, all of these things. And so um, just want to give each of you a chance if you want to share your thoughts on pickleball and maybe what your facility is doing um let's go for it Audrey I'm gonna you wanted to talk about pickleball real quick <laughs> I love pickleball um yeah so pre-covid we were dipping our toe into pickleball we put the painter's tape or whatever it is on the gym and we I don't know bought three nets and we were kind of dabbling in it today we have now painted our courts when we redid our gym floors we have six pickle courts I can't offer enough open time I can't get it right. We have beginner open, we have advanced open, um, wildly popular. We've hired a pro. Um, it's It's been, we, we found an avenue we're selling guest passes to non-members that are bringing non-members into the facility to play pickle. We offer so much open time that they're then joining. So it's been a nice feeder for membership. And the clinics, the beginner clinics, the specialty clinics, the one-on-ones that our pro is offering us, it's found revenue. Hadn't even budgeted for it. So, and it's a lot. It is, I, I, we are, my operations manager spends a lot of time looking at that schedule and trying to figure out how to add more pickle time because it's absolutely here to stay. <laughs> nice. I'm going to bounce back to you, Efren, if you wanted to add your pickleball insights. Oh, pickleball. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely got, got its roses and thorns. Um, we kind of have a joke. Sometimes we call it prickleball because it <laughs> kind of, uh, can get kind of uh, crazy. But the members Prickly. love it, and our community really loves it. Of course, it, it's uh, the big, a big sport in Washington, the state sport. And, and just like Audrey said, we can't offer enough time. Right now, pickleball in our main gym is our most programmed thing. Uh, at 22 hours a week, we have pickleball. And group exercise is only at 21 hours a week in the main gym. So that's how much demand there is for it. And, you know, I think that members and there's been, you know, articles online um, helping trying to get people to say, hey, if you want more pickleball, this is how to these are the tools to do so. And this is how you get more more hours at your gym and, and how you can get more emphasis on pickleball. So, you know, just trying to navigate that and being present with the members, trying to make sure there's you know, we're looking at adding a you know, pickleball gym supervisors, similar to what Andre said, hiring a pro, um, but just having people that are representatives, getting member volunteers to help lead those groups, because sometimes, you know, we only have five courts at the most, and there's, um, you know, 40, 50 people waiting sometimes for games. Um, and then we've also made some additions in the, in the recent, in, in recent times, um, just giving some pickleball workshops, and those are very highly attended. Um, you know, we put the sign up uh, one week prior and getting close to 100 members signing up at our centers. So um, the demand's definitely there and it's hard to navigate as well. Like, why are we putting up more workshops if we barely have space and time to, to make it available and age challenges? Um, you know, how do we diversify? We have adult 15 and plus pickleball. We have family pickleball for eight and under drop in pickleballs, 12 and up. Um, people want advanced pickleball times competitive play and it's hard to be that because you know we're the we're a community center and we're for all and we're not just a pickleball court but um you know we will really want to make sure to serve those important people in our community all right santi do you have pickleball thoughts really quickly i'm just going to add it was crazy thinking back you know 2013 i had like four members who were like you know knocking at my door because they needed gym time. And I'm like, it's only, you know, I can't, this basketball is, I got to program basketball. 
And, you know, fast forward to 2023 and my uncle in Colombia is sending me like pickleball videos on Instagram. And, and, you know, it's just so crazy how this sport has evolved. So we are beginning to offer more pickleball across our locations. Clearly, you know, people can't get enough of it. So we want to, you know, we're not at the point like Audrey has mentioned where we're we're hiring pros, but definitely something that we're keeping an eye on and we want to be able to, to offer just more across our association. So it's exciting. Yes, I've yet to try it, but I would like to. Our downtown is actually getting, um, I think it might be in a partnership with YMCA of Greater Louisville, but we are getting a like huge pickleball park kind of thing. So I just keep seeing articles about it, but I'll try it out. It's fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it looks fun. <laughs> um, I want to make sure that we talk about some youth and teen programming before we lose too much time. Um, and so I just want to get each of your thoughts on, or we, well, we've gotten feedback about like people want information about like engaging teens. Um, it already sounds like, you know, you got a lot of youth coming in, whether that's their parents sending them or, or what have it. Um, but teens seem to be an interesting topic. So I just want to see if you guys could share how you plan to kind of engage your teens. If you have any specific teen programs that are coming up this year, um, just kind of what you're seeing in those areas. Um, Santi, I'm going to start with you and go around. Yeah, so we have a couple, uh, a few team programs. We have a uh, leaders club that's really big within the state of Virginia and maybe the East Coast, maybe a couple other places. Uh, we also have youth and governments, another um, Y program. Uh, health and wellness wise, we offer a program called Level Up, which is like athletic conditioning. So we, we really focus on having different ways to engage teens within our facilities. And, you know, teens are tricky because not everybody is interested in joining a group. Not everybody's interested in doing something that's like after school, that's not athletic. Uh, or if they're doing athletics, they're doing it at their school. And so it, it's just understanding the, the, the wants and the needs and being able to offer things that are relevant. We were very lucky. We were selected um, by the city of Newport News to have to be the recipients of a grant that helps to provide memberships for teens uh, in the hopes that they, you know, they are in a place that's positive, that's productive, and away from gun violence. It was a gun, gun violence grant. And so we've taken that very seriously, and we're really focused on helping getting as many teens as we can within our whys, because we know that if they're at our whys and they're plugged into a sport or a leaders club or achievers, then we know that they're going to contribute in, in a positive way. And we have more opportunities to, to teach them about the, the things that, you know, are, are going to be really important for them as they continue to grow. So we, we, we focus, we focus on our teens are definitely in our forefront. Yeah. Um, Audrey, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Teens, similar to what Santiago said, teens are a tricky cohort for us. I, in all transparency, not it, we, I dabble in, I've been dabbling in it for years and never mastered it because of after school, because of religious school, because of after school sports. Um, post pandemic, we have got more teen memberships. Sometimes I feel like I am a high school gym. I, I, we're exploding. We have more teens than we know what to do with. So we are starting to program a little bit toward them with small group training, teen yoga, talking about recreating, which we had decades ago, um, a teen lounge, but a really tough, tough cohort to, from a health and wellness perspective, program too. So if I'm being honest, not, we don't, we haven't spent a lot of time trying to program to teens. It's just not, not our sweet spot. Yeah. Well, what about you, Efren? Any luck? Yeah. <clears throat> With teens, uh, not, not really. And, um, <laughs> I've really adopted, I think, a new philosophy over the past. And the why historically, we're not great in that area, right? We kind of gave them to 12. And then once they hit the 13 to like kind of 17 range, they're, they're not in the why. And I think the problem is, um, is that we, we are trying to program them. Teens don't want to be programmed. You know, they want a spot to exist. And that would be my uh, best advice to anybody that's thinking about starting teen programs is you don't need to add 500 teen programs to do. You just need to give them a space. And, and, you know, maybe, of course, have a staff chaperone, but that's going to be able to relate with them and, and be able to create an environment that those teens can be, because better to, for them to be congregating at the Y in a controlled environment rather than to getting trouble elsewhere. So I think the best programming is no programming and, and get space first. 
Um, and then identify some teams that maybe you can have as some volunteer liaisons that can help lead and start going into some one-off programming and then start going to some teen events. But you really need to work on building that trust back with the teen community because again, with, with COVID and that lapse of, of all those high schoolers getting to experience that transition from, you know, going from middle school and I'm still at the, I'm still at the Y, I'm still at the JCC, those things aren't there anymore. So you, you really got to start from scratch. Hmm. That is great advice. <laughs> no team programs. <laughs> no, but yeah, providing the space, that makes total sense. Um, yeah, so we're nearing our end of time. Um, so I wanted to shout out anybody attending. If you did have any of those questions, now would be a time to send them. We'll make sure everybody answers them. And while you're thinking about them, one last question that we'll go around to everyone real quickly. It's just like a piece of advice that you can share to any of your colleagues out there. What's motivating you going into this year? Um, so advice mm, or what's motivating you? We'll go with that. So um, Efren, we'll just start with you back again and we'll go around. Yeah, I would say advice is this, um, simplify your feedback loops and make sure that you are paying attention to them. Um, things are changing rapidly. Members have lots of feedback. Your staff has lots of feedback. How are you serving your staff and how are you serving your members and community if you don't know what they're asking for? So how are you making sure that that, you know, that information, that feedback is getting to you quickly and rapidly and encouraging your team to be able to adapt quickly as well? So just super simple feedback loops, I think, is a, a real big factor to success. Mm, nice. Uh, Santi, what about you? Yeah, I think I think networking is really key, especially now because things things look different, things evolve and change. And so I think taking the time to meet other individuals that are, are in similar roles, or you know, call neighboring uh, community centers or YMCA's. I think things like this is really important just to understand. Right, like I'm I'm here also taking notes, hearing Audrey and that friend you know share some of some of the things that they're doing um, because it's, we're all in the same business, right? We we want to we want to move forward and, and we have more momentum if we you know collaborate and we do some of these things uh, together. So networking is important. Uh, talking to your reps too. I mean they they go to different facilities. I know anytime uh, I get a chance to talk to anybody within uh, you know any type of service. I always love to hear their experiences. So I think just networking and talking, talking to individuals who may have more, more information. Yeah. Great. And Audrey. Uh, what is seeing my gym cranking and people working out and people back in our building, taking advantage of our programming. I think my last piece of advice is as operators of these large businesses that we oversee, it's really easy to get caught up in the day-to-day -day grind. And we, we go into, I, I don't want to speak for the guys, go into a day knowing exactly what's on my agenda and it never turns out that way. So I think it's really important to be strategic about what's going to, about the future and where we're going to be 12 months, 24 months, 36 months from now. So I would really, as important as it is to be networking, to know what's happening today, to know what the trends are, really important to take your, to find the time and carve it out, to take your team outside the building and strategically plan for where you think you want to take your agency, what's coming, you know, just what's happening, because if not, we're going to be caught, like then we're on a treadmill and we're not getting off. So I think Efron mentioned something about cardio being down and strength really increasing. And I remember reading an article about that about six months ago from one of the vendors and everyone's seeing that. So given that that's a trend, you know, do we, is that going to stick? And how do we reallocate space in our, most of us have limited space. How do we adapt, pivot to meet the needs of the members? So I just think strategic planning, thinking about tomorrow and not getting stuck in the mud of the day to day. Mm, yeah. Great advice. Okay. I know we're pretty much out of time and I wanted to run through a couple of these questions real quick that came in. Um, just letting Dan know that this will be recorded so I can absolutely send out a copy, but we will also be sharing it. So thank you. Um, and then Efren, we just had a question for you really quickly. Um, someone would like to know what is included in the membership fee for your why? Yeah, so super inclusive model. So that includes um, 
you know, arts programming, uh, sculpting, music classes. We do guitar, ukulele for adults um, and for youth, piano classes. Swim lessons are included, all of those are just one time a week. Um, and we run sessions like five weeks long. Um, gymnastics are included, tap dance, ballet, hip hop dance, all of our group exercise <laughs> classes, small group trainings also included. There's no more fees attached to those. The only thing in the center that's not included would be uh, youth sports is paid. Uh, camp is also uh, paid programming. And then some of the arts programs do have supply fees of $10 per sessions. Perfect, awesome, thanks for answering that. And I didn't see any more questions come in. So we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you all for taking some time out of your day. Um, fun conversation. It went so fast Thank because we, talked, we, co we covered so much stuff. <laughs> but yeah, so um, we'll make sure to send this out so everybody can kind of revisit any of these topics that we covered today. So. Uh, thank you all. Best of luck still continuing out the rest of your January with your promotions. And we'll talk to you all soon. Thank you all. Thank, <laughs> thank you. you. Thank you.